from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver Sevens Hotel and Casino. It's Cofield and Company. Five o'clock hours here. You heard it, Silver Seven, 77-cent uh, beers during the uh, NFL games this weekend, all VGK games, Bud, Bud Light, Michelob Ultra bottles. They brought back live entertainment on Friday and Saturday nights right here at the Bud Light Lounge. Nine until uh, 1 a.m., I think nine until midnight is the time for the beer and a shot special. Three dollars for a beer and a shot. This is the place for locals at Flamingo and Paradise. Let's get... To headlines here in a second. I wanted to uh, pimp a couple of things that we have out. Uh, John and I did another UNLV All Access pod. Hmm. So a podcast about 42 minutes. Quick listen. A bunch on the recent woes and then success by UNLV basketball, Runner Rebels. A little bit on the Lady Rebels. And want to remind everyone, Lady Rebels are going for their 20th win. Before the end of January, that game is on Saturday, 2 o'clock, Cox Pavilion. If you buy the tickets before Saturday proper, the special ends tomorrow, there's dollar tickets. $2 beers. They're giving out 2,500 T-shirts as well with the Wolfpack in town. So go out and support the Lady Rebels. And it's actually kind of a day-night doubleheader as the men will be playing at 7 o'clock, also against Nevada as Steve Alford brings his Wolfpack into town. College basketball last night. I got a little glimpse of San Diego State in the Mountain West Conference against Utah State. It was at Viejas. And a weird game because for San Diego State, Lamont Butler and Matt Bradley, I think in the end combined for less than 10 points, they have two guys on the team who I swear have been there forever, and they also look like they're 25, 26, 28 years old. I skipped 27. In Agueca Rope and Adam Seiko. And Seiko Seiko's a, a solid veteran. I, don't, I really don't even know that he can dribble that well. But, man, when he gets hot shooting it, he went 7-9 from three last night. And they wound up winning by 10. They didn't play a great defensive game, although what they did well was the guy who killed the Rebels at the end of the game at Utah State, little Steven Ashworth. He was 3 of 10. So a good win last night for San Diego State as, again, SDSU and Boise State are establishing themselves as the team to beat as we move towards the second half of the Mountain West Conference season. I have no data to back this up at all, but I'm going to make a ridiculous claim here. I feel like Agueca Rope has averaged like one rebound a game for his entire career, and it's always come with like four minutes left in a game like, yes. when they desperately need it. Yep. Well, I think I, if I'm correct, though, against the Rebels here, I think he had like eight. Right. Like, he grabbed every rebound. He's one of these guys who is just it's just a, a, a tweener big that you want on your team because he does dirty work, right. but his arms seem like they're like, like his reach. Like we always raved about like John Jones' reach. Right, Chandler Jones' brother in MMA. And John Jones at 6'4 had an 84-inch reach. I swear Orope has like a 100-inch reach. Well, that's the thing. When you think about him, like for some reason when I see his name or when I hear his name, I think like 6'10 big. And then like you look at his – he's listed at 6'6". Like he plays like he's just like this low post center. It's ridiculous. Like you said, he does all the dirty work. And I like guys like that too. Yeah. Not the old school like they stick around. But like I like the story of like the dude, like the Perry Ellis types that are at their schools for like wow. 20 years, 
right? And then just like, you know, like this guy's still here grabbing annoying rebounds at the time where you don't want him to do it. And Perry Ellis, much like a rope, when he was a senior, looked like he was like 34 years old. Yes. Because he was balding. The difference is a rope was not a highly touted guy. Perry Ellis was a, a McDonald's All-American. He was like he, and it just turns out like that happens sometimes when kids go to school and it's like, oh, of course they're all going to be, you know, one and done. They're going to leave. And Perry Ellis just wasn't that good early. And then I think NBA people looked at him and were like, oh, that's about as good as he's going to be. But he stayed around and was actually really good for Kansas. And by the way, let me correct the number: Bradley and Butler combined for twelve. Eight and and four. But- Butler's been hot as hell. Uh, Bradley is very up and down, but when he gets hot, man, he goes on fire. Sorry, I just typed in Perry Ellis to just look at pictures. Where's he now? Well, I'm trying to find out, but a, a Perry Ellis American Clothing Company popped up. That can't be the same guy, right? No. Okay. All right. You never heard of Perry Ellis Clothing? That was a no, whole thing. I've never. Back when the basketball player Perry Ellis was playing, like, wow, it's interesting that they named her kid Perry Ellis. Yeah. Oh, no, no Perry idea. Ellis Clothing Company's been around. I'll say forever. I don't. Oh yeah, that's. I'm seeing a picture. When. I'm seeing a picture of clothing Perry. Ellis. Maybe it's more of an. <laughs> maybe it's more of an '80s and '90s thing. So that's why I know about it. We'll have to look up the uh, the See. info on that oh, one. Oh, he's All playing right. in the French league. So, nice free pop there for uh, Perry Ellis, right? Um, Both basketball player and clothing brand. Yes. Weird deal happened last night at a college basketball game. It was Duquesne and Loyola, and one of the food delivery companies, we'll just go with uh, Eats Dash. Um, Is this real? Was this a work? What was going on here? You see a guy walking on the floor from one of these food delivery services trying to deliver food to someone who's watching the game. He's like, he's just on the court. There is no doubt in my mind that this was an elaborate ad for that company. There's no doubt in my mind. And, and the reason why is the way the person walks onto the court, right? They have the food. There's clearly the game going on, right? I don't care if you don't watch sports. Clearly, the game is happening on that end of the floor. You don't walk onto the floor unless you just have zero social cues at all, which is not the case. You're walking onto the floor on purpose. You want to get on camera. You want this to be part of it. Clearly, you're telling the people that are like involved, like, oh, I'm with Company X, right? And I'm just trying to deliver this food. It was, in today's day and age, it was an elaborate ad to get that name out there, right? Because keep in mind, too, I don't know if anybody's noticed this. I'm sure we have. It's not being thrown out there as like the other, oh, I wonder what company he was doing it for, right? No, it was immediately, oh, we know who he's delivering food for. Right. That, that's exactly what this was. It was an elaborate ad. By the way, they show him later. I don't know if you saw the other footage of him walking around the concourse with the food laughing. He knew exactly what he was doing. He was paid to do it. That's what I figured. Because that's the other part. How many of us here get to walk onto a court Right with food or whatever, right? right. And with no pass or anything, oh, I just get to meander around the concourse later and have a joke with whoever we're walking with. No, you're escorted out of the building. It was an ad. Imagine you find out, or you look at the budget, Duquesne Athletics, at the end of the year, and like, yeah, look at the budget had another million and a half dollars tacked on. Where'd that come from? <laughs> right. It's kind of a weird one. It's it was, and look, it's kind of smart. But it, I also I will say, do I like? I feel like it's kind of freaky to a certain extent. Like I don't know if you've noticed this, but like like when you flip through like TikTok, for example, right? And I have, like, this guy that I follow. He's a chef. And all he does is, like, critique other foods in, like, a funny way or whatever. And so he, I flip on one, and I'm watching his video. And all of a sudden, I'm watching a Honda ad. And, like, he's tying it into his thing. And I'm like, I had no idea that this was a freaking ad until you start being like, oh, you know, the Honda CRV is a fantastic car. Right. Like, 
Wow. People like, do a really good job on uh, TikTok of kind of ad placement and, and blending it in. Like Justin Watkins, our legal insider, called me out because I had sent over a story about a landlord being able to just walk into an apartment whenever they wanted. It's a female voice, and the female voice is like, here we go. The landlord's doing it to me again. And, and she's like, thank God I got this extra door lock. And then, <laughs> and then the door lock, you know, the extra lock gets a name, and I'm like, oh, crap, that was a free pop. Yep. I just got suck, suckered it, in. And that's my whole point is, like, there's something right there. Like, there are so many times where we don't even realize we're being advertised to. This is another one of them. Happens all the time on TV shows and movies. Yep. Obviously, Cobra Kai, with the, they had yep. a beer sponsor for Johnny. They've had it the whole time. You mean you don't drink your – I'm doing this from sorry. You don't drink your drink like this, Steve? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. With the logo out every single time? I don't know if we've discussed this before with uh, uh, Eat Stash. Um, do you use their services? Yeah. You do? I I try not to at any cost. Now, here's the thing. A lot of restaurants go through the app, so I'm not even sure if I'm doing the right thing by picking up if the business is still getting killed. Because reports are these companies are taking 25 or 30% off the top from the restaurant and then obviously getting the money from you. So we ordered the other day some Chinese, and it was less than a mile away. And I'm like, I'll spend the gas money rather than potentially doink the freaking restaurant for a 30% charge off the top. Maybe I'm an idiot, and it's happening no matter what, even with pickup. I mean, I, I see, I only do it for corporate, like, chains, right? Because just like you talked about. Uh, okay. You know what I mean? So, like, if it's in, sorry, I like this place. I'm going to admit it. I won't say the place, but, you know, the fruit insect place. I'm a big fan of it. The Fontobel family, we're big fans. Okay. But it's a corporate chain, so I'm down to butcher you for money. I feel like I'm being some somehow socially responsible, and I'm probably an idiot. I'm just getting duped anyway, and and then I'm yeah. also wasting my I mean, time driving the, the, and going to pick up the food. I mean, I mean, at that point, I don't know why you don't just call and put an order in to pick it up. I don't like that. I'll, I'll tell you, this we could go off on a whole tangent. I can I tell you one of the best things that's ever happened, and well, not for my health because it means I probably eat more fast food. I think I talked about this last year multiple times. Okay. I cannot handle from an anxiety standpoint going through drive-thrus or really even standing at the counter and ordering at the drive-thru one i can't see that well two i feel like i'm in a line that's hurried and so anytime i go with the so the significant other she order she'll get like she'll get like five things and i think she knows that i'm going to get nothing like she'll she'll order all the stuff and i'll be like um i'll have uh, two like small tacos and then she's like, "That's it." And I want, I'm, I'm gonna be like, one, I'm, I'm getting shaky, because I'm getting nervous that I'm taking too long. Two, I can't really see. So, to pivot, the apps are my savior. No, they're not. You complain about this every time. No, the apps, the apps are my savior. I will, I will pull over before I'm going to hit a fast food place. I'll be. I actually, I pull up sometimes at the place. And I'll sit there instead of going to the drive-thru and just order it. I'm just, like, taking my time. I love it. So I can see. You can you can specialize. Like, uh, I went to a sub place, you know, a chain sub place in Logan. Which, which? And I had – I don't want to talk about that place. <laughs> I don't want to – that's – I actually saw one in Fresno, and I, I went there one time. And I don't want to bash the place because I don't, I don't think there's any here anymore. I think there's still one. Oh, there was one in Colorado Springs, and and I I got it, and I was like, this terrible. Yeah, whoa. Anyway, I, I just because like for a sub, 
Like, I can specialize it. Now, of course, I had trouble ordering last time. And the fifth time I tried to put in the order, I forgot to put no mayonnaise. So I got slathered mayonnaise all over it. This is a real thing. This is, I'm not saying it's like serious anxiety like people have that really cause them troubles. I don't, I also, I told you this before. I, when I go to restaurants, the entire table's like the, fir- the first go around with the server. They're like, are you ready? And I'm like, no. Well, I you need s- another minute, and then I, I'm like freaking out. So my problem is you saw it. You, you, you actually saw it when we were out there for the uh, San Juan Capistrano tournament for UNLV where we went to a place, and I couldn't decide. And it was like the third time the guy came around. I was like, all right, screw it. Give me this weird pastrami sandwich. It was terrible. Uh, uh, what a, it, well, I mean, what a, what a terrible order because the problem was so bad. you had never had pastrami before, and they put it on yeah. some freaking – some puffy crap bread. Right, with like mustard. And, and you and may like, never yeah. eat pastrami again because they, I didn't, I guess I didn't realize that, you know what, I might have screwed you on that one because I knew exactly what I wanted when I sat down and I should have covered for you and had the person come back yeah. five times later. So I understand the anxiety thing. My issue with the drive through and it's actually none of the drive throughs fault, my wife is a, is a talker while ordering, right? So she'll tell me I want a number five. So I'm driving, so I will relay. I would like a number five. Before, it is not relayed to me that, oh, I don't want pickles, onions, onions. And so while I'm ordering, it's like, oh, by the way, I don't want pickles, onions. And I'm like, so I have the lady talking to me going, do you want fries with that? And I have on this side, I don't want pickles, onions, lettuce. You give me, and I'm like, oh, my. Well, then you guys have to use an app. If she's a special order person, you got to go on there yeah. and customize it. It drives me nuts. And I don't mind taking too long because you know the, uh, the people in front of you. So nervous. Uh, it's it's terrible. So nervous. I really have to get. I have to talk to people. I have to talk to somebody. I don't want to be. I don't want to be honked at. Because well, you know what irritates me the most. So nervous. What irritates me the most is when the person in front of you orders like hat, like orders like they're there for a long time, and then they're up at the window and it's just bag after bag after bag, and I'm like, Gah! just get out of the car. I don't get impatient. I'm not. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm oh, done. I get I'm, done with, I'm done with drive-throughs. I will always use an app. They always get your order wrong on the app, though. You, uh, you've complained that more actually, often you're than right, not that about I, that. Touche. They're a little sloppy with the with the order. You're right. And there's a particular place near the station that is just it's a nightmare consistently. Because there's no repercussions. And, and they don't care. You can just tell they don't care. You order in person, you're right there. Are you check your are you check your order at the window guy? You know, I could stop all of this and probably lose the seventy five pounds I need to. You can stop eating fast food. <laughs> right. Like that. That's the other thing. You should actually just take my phone during the break and just Block every app, and then I won't know they're blocked. I'll be like, "Man, this phone's not working," and you know I'm not going to go to fix. So, every fast food app on. (laughs) I have, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm not. I really don't eat a lot of fast food, but the apps have brought me back. Um, The other, we're going to keep going with the other reason I like the apps is they have specials, and I'm cheap. So the first time, first couple times you go, they're like, eh, "Free this!" I'm like, "All right, I'm in." We were, Wait, what item can I get for two dollars? We were I'm almost, in. Uh, we were almost roped in on that. We got like an ad for like, oh, "You get a free," and this was like the signature sandwich of the place. Like, "Oh, you get a free signature, you know, the sandwich here, you know, minimum order of blah 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 blah." Right. And you have to do it on the app, and I was like, "Ooh, yeah, no, I can't do that. Sorry." That's almost a, got me. That's a great, yeah, it's a great trick of the trade though, because you wanted spending way more money than you wanted to just for a free sandwich. Because you're like, we're getting it for free. Yeah, getting that for free. Yeah, I, but you spent 14 extra dollars. I will say, like, there's a certain chain pizza spot that was really good at that. Every time, I, I swear, especially during the pandemic, we would open up the app, and it was like, you have a free pizza. And we're like, I don't know how we got this, but that's incredible. Let's get lots of food from here. Customer loyalty. Yep. You keep coming back, right? Yep. Just like, uh, hey, we're going to give you a refund at a sports book for something you lost. Uh, we're going to do it every six months. So you stick with us. It works. They're playing mental games with us. 
I mean, that happens more on the East Coast than it does out here. But I want to get to <laughs> some of our NFL stories we haven't hit so far. As some would remind you. My, my favorite thing the last five off-seasons is getting the story about a certain team. I'll mention the team, the Patriots. Because their fans, for the longest time, were such zombies and loyalists that anything that came out during the season about Belichick and Kraft, Belichick and TB12, Belichick and Al Guerrero, you know, this offensive coordinator thing at the beginning of the year, stories come out about discord and problems, and most Patriot fans are like, fake news, nope, doesn't matter, don't believe it. And then inevitably there's a story every offseason about what an S show it is, and it's gotten worse as they're losing, and we all followed the stupidity of the beginning of the season when Bill Belichick's like, no, nah, I'm not going to name an offensive coordinator. And we actually had people come on the air, and they're like, you know, why does he have to tell us? Okay. He doesn't have that much equity that he's going to reinvent the game and split duties between a slovenly fired former head coach in Matt Patricia and a thinner, horrible head coach in Joe Judge. We saw something going on with Mac Jones, his – Development kind of stopped, right? Flatlined. He's screaming and yelling on the sidelines. And now we've got a story out talking about how ridiculous this whole thing was and how mad a lot of people were in the organization, on the team. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like you said, journalism is awesome. This comes out at the end of the year. And when you look at – because like you said, this is what you wait for every year. People want to talk. That's the thing. Yep. uh, Teams and coaches and sources can't – can't hold it together. They want to talk when things go wrong. But apparently Mac Jones and Joe Judge had multiple profane arguments during practices throughout the entire season uh, that Judge uh, was a guy who would, quote, speak extra loudly in meetings trying to project like he was the guy. And I think that kind of rubbed people the wrong way, which, by the way, if you followed anything about Joe Judge back in New York or now, that does not come off as surprising in any way whatsoever. And apparently to the point where Belichick reportedly had to blast Judge multiple times during practice to kind of, like, calm him down. Keep him at bay. Like, relax, dude. You don't know what you're talking about here. And honestly, this but is the thing. But think about how weird that is. If you're Joe Judge and you, you lack confidence, that's why you're screaming all the time. If you're Joe Judge and Belichick's yelling at you for the fifth time, aren't you like, I didn't want to do this. Why did you make me do this? Why are you yelling at me now? Uh, like, I don't know if he said, I don't want to do this, or like, I don't know what I'm doing. But that dynamic is so weird. You fort, you know, I can't say he forced him. Maybe Joe Judge is so arrogant that he's like, yep, I'll do it, Bill. Yep. And so my thing is twofold here. One, when it comes to all of this, like you mentioned, let's stop genuflecting at the altar of Bill Belichick, okay? He's a good head coach. He's done great things. But to act like he's flawless and can always hit the right buttons is ridiculous. He clearly can, especially, by the way, a growing track record of not knowing what to do draft-wise when it comes to personnel or staff-wise when it comes to the offense overall. And the other thing, too, I think Belichick's got a lot of self-reflection to do because Mac Jones got dragged through the mud all season long. People talked about his character when he was yelling on the sidelines. He was put in a terrible position. It's clear that that's the case to the point where people are having a conversation whether or not he's a quarterback, and Belichick still after the season, does the mumble-mouth nonsense of, like, oh, you know, Matt can play quarterback, defend him because you put him in this terrible position. He is viewed at as this ne'er-do-well quarterback when in reality he was a dude that was screwed over by your decisions. 
Get 77-cent bottles of Bud, Bud Light, and Michelob Ultra on Golden Knights game days at the Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s. It's Cofield and Company. Later in the hour, we're going to talk a little basketball, Lady Rebels basketball. We told you about their game on Saturday, 2 o'clock start. $2 beers, free t-shirts. The Pack are in town. Big rivalry on that side. Lindy LaRock, the head coach, will join us around 545. So a bunch of stuff to get to. You were nodding. What are you fired up about? Oh, the music? Do you understand? Do you, do you know what that is? Well, at the beginning, it sounded like James Bond. It is James Bond. Okay. Um, What's it for now? So I don't know if you understand this, and I was really curious. So first off, I, I've never really explored this part of your past. You were never like a video game guy growing up, right? The Atari back in the day. I mean, I'm going to embarrass myself. Yes, when the Atari first came out, and I got to play Pong, that was awesome. Asteroids. Um, some of the Intellivision games that they had, like there was an Olympic game where you could kind of belly flop a diver. There was a track and field, like stuff like that. The end of it for me was in college, Tech Mobile was one of the greatest things ever. And I probably played a little bit of Madden, but no, I've, I've been out for like 25 years plus on video games. So, And I know you guys love it. So that tomorrow is a massive day. For those who are around my age, you'll remember this. The Nintendo 64 back in the day had what I think, and I think a lot of people do, one of the greatest games of all time that laid the groundwork for first-person shooters that would come afterwards, and that was GoldenEye. It was a James Bond game based on the movie, right? It, it is one of the greatest games ever. They have been working behind the scenes, you know, in the dark alleys of video game development, on re remastering the Nintendo 64 version for the Xbox and the Nintendo Switch. And tomorrow is the day, Steve. GoldenEye returns tomorrow to both the Nintendo Switch and Xbox, and I cannot wait. When I tell you as a small child how many brain cells I rotted playing this game, I, it's pro it made me the man I am today. I, <laughs> okay. cannot, I cannot wait That's to play this. Thing. I cannot wait to play this thing. There's a lot of people, I'm sure, that are in my age range that have a lot of fond memories of this game. Because that's also the interesting thing about it is that was one of the things that started to catch on, like, video game culture, if you will. Like, it started to blow up around, like, time, like games like GoldenEye and others that were really uh, popular and expanded a lot of people who play as much as they do now. And older people. Like, I'm older now. I'm 32. And it, gaming is part of my hobbies as I've gone forward. This is freaking awesome. And I cannot wait for tomorrow. I feel safe in swearing on anyone's life in my family. I've never heard of this game ever. So you've never even heard of it? Nope, I've never heard of it. When yeah, you I sent mean, it, when you sent it, I was like, I have no idea. You've heard of the movie, obviously. Of course, yeah. yeah. So I'm old, so uh, I've heard of the movie. Dude, but no, you got to get it. You come over. I got it on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, I'm not coming over to play video it's games. It's gonna I'm be. Sorry. It's gonna be freaking awesome. You're just like Is Isabel there, too. It, it, Isabel, I was trying to explain to her the the, uh, the love of my life, not her, the game. And trying to explain how great this was. I'm like, you're going to play with me. She's like, no, I'm not. I'm like, come on. This, just humor me this, one time. This is where, but that's a whole conversation, right? <laughs> you want the wife to do something. You know, I'll do this for you if you do this for me. And, you know, enjoy what I like. Um, this is why one of our favorite places, Insert Coins, not being open anymore is so disappointing. Our buddy Chris. Because mm -hmm. it was an awesome setup. They had a bar. You could play video games at the bar and old school ones too and, and like i'd go with you just to make you feel good 
and probably half-ass it in the game and just watch you play it and drink beers. But sorry, man. Oh, it's it's and the cool thing is is they are they they're adding like so they're adding technical like you know, advanced technology yes. to this thing too. So like back in the day, you'd have all your friends over, you'd play split screens. You'd have like all four you know of like these four little boxes on the TV, and you'd all play each other. You'd screen watch. So like you'd look at your friend's screen to see where he's coming, so you could sneak up behind him and get him and everything like that. Uh, now they're adding an online feature, so you can play people from around the world, you know, wherever they're at. Like it's going to be incredible, and I don't. Well, I have to work on Saturday. I don't think I'm going to leave my house until I'm absolutely forced to. Maybe we can pick a night in the future where it's you, myself, and Adam Hill, and we can do a Golden Eye Power Slap night. Not slap each other, but we can watch Power Slap. Because Adam hates it. Adam doesn't really like most video games. I don't care at all. So just like you said with your wife, you know what? We do something you want to do, and then we do something I want to do. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. outreach of GoldenEye is so strong. Adam Hill texted me, I'll come over and play. Let's go. No way. Yep. Oh, wow. So, like, so he knows about he it. Know, okay. I'm, Adam's he knows because Adam's right He ain't coming over to watch freaking Power Slap. Right. Well, so it's, it's, right, in, it's right in Adam's wheel. Like, age-wise, it's in Adam's wheelhouse. But, like, and by the way, too. you love slapping. One of the best ways to play multiplayer, you go DK mode, slappers only, which is literally, like, they, the characters look like big Donkey Kong players, and then you just go around and slap each other. There's no guns. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at me, JVT, or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Tonight, you use impressive dribbling skills to successfully uh, fake out your opponents multiple times. And um, in the second quarter, you made a jump shot where your body was turned like 180 degrees away from the basket. It was just an amazing shot. You're always making these spectacular moves with just within a split second. Um, do you anticipate doing them, or is it just a second nature to you? Like, do you just not even have to think about it? Um, you know, the way you explain it, you need to be around more often. Back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver Sevens with Cofield and Company. Okay. <laughs> Westbrook hasn't gotten much of that. No. <laughs> nice media people. Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. He, I, he actually he looked stunned as he was listening. And he even someone finally says something nice about Russell Westbrook, right. and he's like, I don't know what to say. Uh, even like the best part, one of the better parts about that clip when you watch it is when she says like 180 degrees, he like reenacts it. Like he turns his body. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, you're right. I, look, so for, for people who are not regularly like listening to press conference or things like that, like generally you don't get questions like that. Like that sounded like, that sounded like a student question. Like I don't know, like I don't, haven't seen the reporter if they've been dug up as to who was asking that question. Um, but that was like a super friendly Usually not very, usually not very complimentary of players, and it's not because you want to be mean, but it's viewed as unprofessional, right? Because you don't want to view, you want to be viewed as you're biased. She sounded like a student, I would think, right? Like I, that's what I'm more curious about is her origins and where she came from, like, or was that like her first day on the job? And she's not jaded yet. She's not an angry media member who right. just complains about the free food at the places that they get to go to. Yeah, I watched some videos uh, last night with. Someone at a Jim Beheim Syracuse press conference where they had uh, a four-point lead late, and the person was super direct. They're like, uh, this is another four-point lead that you guys couldn't hold on to. Why is that? And Beheim was, like, so pissed off. And I, I delivered it nicely. It was much more terse and direct with some venom behind it. I, press conferences are generally not happy places. Like, and, I, and the more I've done, like, the sidelines and halftime stuff, uh, I like we're going back to like when people are like Kevin Kruger needs to get mad. 
When I asked him one time <laughs> about UNLV getting killed on like backside cuts, and I got a, yep, you said it. And I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, the, My other bad night, the other night, if you were listening to the broadcast, they closed out the first half pretty strong. They hit a three. They're up 41-31. And he came over. He was in a pretty good mood. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do like 10 questions here. I did three, and I got long answers. And, and he looked at me like, okay, that's enough. So I got to get back to work. Leave me alone. I guess she was found. Julian McIntyre, Julia McIntyre is her name. Okay. Um, I, I'm really surprised, though. So I got to find out exactly like what her background is because, right? Like, it's not an insult. That that's generally a type of question you hear from somebody that's relatively new in covering media. Right. So it's a good moment, though. It's a good moment. Some levity. You liked it. I did. A little change. I feel like from the rest of us, grizzled media members would probably cool. sit there. Yes. Adam Hill. Let's just put it this way. After that press conference, Adam Hill would walk over to us in the back of the room and start, <laughs> making, start making jokes, <laughs> like, making fun of her. Yes, angry. Good the most him. angry JVT has been with his teammates on Cofield and Company is when he was running the show, and I think Adam Hill and I kind of sniped behind your back, and uh, you freaking snapped, and you were like, enough, I'm it, not doing this. It's in, in the break. system. I think Ari's oh, got it. It was on the air. Ari's used it, I think. Yeah, He's yeah, got it, was, it somewhere. It was, yeah. it was dynamite. Was Steph Curry more angry than, than, than your moment with his teammate? What, I, I, what happened with Steph and Jordan Poole? Oh, he was, he was pissed. So, like, so Curry, and yesterday, like, I'm going to admit an old man thing really quickly. I fell asleep in the fourth quarter, okay? I fell asleep in the fourth quarter. I woke up when there was, like, when the Warriors were, were, were it looked like they were going to lose. I was like, all right, cool. Like, maybe not off a little bit. And then I woke up, and it was a one-point game. I was like, holy crap, what happened? Um, but, you know, they weren't playing that well. And so there were a couple of possessions where Poole was, you know, they, they say that Jordan Poole plays basketball like there's a bunch of hot chicks watching him, and sometimes that is the case. Like, he tries a little too hard sometimes, right? And so there was a moment where Curry had given up the ball, but clearly the play was Curry was curling back around for an open shot at the top, but Poole was like, nah, 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 I'm going to take this right now. And you, you were, so, like, he gets angry, Curry does, walks away, and this is the most, like, visibly angry with his teammates that we've seen Curry, I think, in a while. He takes his mouth guard and chucks it. Like, he's mad at Poole. The ref just like, nope, and he tees him up, and he kicks him out for yeah. getting mad at his own teammates. He got a tee and booted because he was mad at a teammate. Like, you got, I don't know. Look, I get there's a rule, and Curry is actually, if you remember, this, he has been in trouble for this before. He chucked one and hit a fan one time. So, like, he's chucked his mouthpiece before, which, by the way, that is kind of gross. Like, uh, if you've gotten smacked, he, well, like, with Curry. Especially him. He's, like, chewing out it all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's weird. There's a lot of saliva involved Ugh. there. But you got to understand if you're the ref. Like, aren't you paying attention? He's not mad at you. You didn't call a foul. Like, he's, he's angry with his teammate. Can I also say kudos to Jordan Poole? Did you see what happened after the game? So Poole hits the game-winning shot at the end. As he's walking in the tunnel, because Curry got ejected, Curry's waiting for everybody in the tunnel, Poole sees him waiting. He takes his own mouthpiece and throws it. Ah, that's funny. And, and and Curry looked like he took it like took it in stride, and they they hugged and embraced. But it was a good rebuttal. A reminder: we got a lot of good Super Bowl shindigs, big game shindigs going down around Las Vegas. Uh, one of them is over at the Westgate in the Superbook. Willie is going to be doing a two-hour show on Super Big Game Sunday, massive preview show, ten a to noon. Westgate has free viewing, first come, first serve, free viewing for the big game in the International Theater. You're talking 1,500 seats, got the giant HD screens, smoke-free. 
Uh, they're also selling VIP packages seating in the Superbook. You got a minimum on food and beverage with your package, but if you want to ask about that, it's superbookbooth at wgresorts.com. 777 gets you two hot dogs, two bags of chips, and a 22-ounce Bud, Bud Light, or Michelob Ultra Draft on Golden Knights game days at the Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. As far as other teams, including, I mean, I'm calling out UNLV specifically. I don't feel like our own program and like school supports us enough as far as other teams we've been to baseball games we've been to football games softball games it's just you know having that acknowledgement and wanting to be a part of something and I feel like everyone should want to be a part of this now back to the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens with Cofield and company that was Lady Rebel Essence Booker want to get to her comments in just a little bit we were just talking basketball and anger on the court with Steph Curry last night whipping his mouthpiece because he was mad at Jordan Poole and got a tee. And we were just talking about maybe this is the first time ever that someone's been teed up for being really mad. At their teammate. At a teammate. Uh, let's talk basketball. Let's talk Lady Rebel basketball. Lindy LaRock is with us, the head coach, up with Cofield and JVT. How are you, Coach? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being patient. Sorry, we're a little late uh, with our spot. Can I, can I actually open with um, anger on the floor? When, when you played, had you ever seen anything like that where someone got teed up because they were – you know, basically barking at a team like they got so mad. I, I've never seen that before. Uh, I haven't seen that, no. Um, I think, you know, uh, we, you've seen different things on TV and whatnot, but I've never been a part of it. The, the most kind of teammate-on-teammate crime that I've seen is when I was a player, uh, one of our celebrations, one of my teammates, like, celebrated, you know, got an and one and went to fist bump and didn't realize our teammate was, like, right behind her and ended up, like, punching her in the face on accident. Yep. But, how about, but, you coach, know, how that about, wasn't intentional. That was at yeah. a you know, positive celebration. I was going to say, how about the other day, Duke and Virginia Tech were playing, and a, a VTech player hit a long shot and actually did the same thing. He turned around, tried to throw his fist in the air, and punched uh, the Duke center, Filipowski, right in the neck. And it was, it was like key time in the game. Refs went and looked <laughs> at it, and they didn't, call, they didn't call a foul. Duke fans were like, our guy just got punched in the neck. It was actually one of those moments where the refs were like, well, he didn't do it on purpose, so we can't change the game. Yeah, well, it's kind of wrong place, wrong time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So where where are you at as a coach when it comes to, like, anger and using it? Because we see a lot of the times, right, when teams are not performing, we're like, ah, oh, the coach, you got to get angry. Like, it, like, how do you use that? And do you really have to get angry to get a team to, like, snap out of whatever you think is, like, a slump? Um, You know, I think, I think you know, obviously that the team, you know, sometimes you, you need a, a jolt uh, and, and kind of a, a kick in the butt maybe. Um, you know, for, for me, for the most part, I try to be pretty calm and mellow and, and focused on the game. Um, you know, whether it's at halftime, though, and our timeout, you know, if there's something not going right, then, um, you know, there's a time and place to raise your voice and, um, you know, hold people really more accountable maybe. But, you know, that, I, I think it, it has some success for us because that's kind of not what I'm doing in every timeout. You know, right. so when it happens, it's like, oh, crap, you know, like, Coach is really mad. We should probably get it together, you know? <laughs> yeah. I've always thought the fire and brimstone thing and, you know, screaming and yelling at your players, if you do it too much, and I know there are people out there who are like, that's old school. That's what coaches used to do. We need more of that. Like, no, nah, maybe kids are different. 
today. Uh, workplaces are different. Like none, none of us want to get yelled at in the workplace and demean. So I like that coaches are kind of morphing and uh, adjusting to the times. Lady Rebels game coming up on Saturday, two o'clock start. Some great specials, two dollar beers. Nevada's in town. Your team is going for its twentieth win. This has not been an easy season, though, in terms of adjustments. Uh, we'll talk about you personally because you had to make some adjustments. But in terms of adjustments, you've had to play some different players than maybe you expected because of injuries. Yeah, for sure. You know, obviously we're really proud of our record and kind of where we're at. But, you know, I think a lot of people lately have been like, oh, we're dominating, we're dominating. And, you know, I, in a lot of ways we've kind of been far from that. We've had to really adjust. We've played a lot of close games. We've played in overtime. we you know, we've played single-possession games. So, um, you know, more than anything, I feel like we keep finding a way to win, and whether that's lineups um, with injury or foul trouble or, you know, executing late in the game or if we're not shooting well, it's doing something different or if we're not playing defense, then it's really being really offensive. So, um, you know, yeah, we, we've had we've had our fair share of coaching and adjustments and, you know, obviously credit our team for being ready and, and willing and just kind of, doing what's needed because ultimately they're the one out there making the plays. Do tight games like that, situations like that, help a team stay focused, right? Because I would assume it gets easy to get fat and happy off of a good record, but when you are kind of fighting and clawing for those wins, I, I would assume it, it makes your job easier to keep your team focused on what the main goal is and not so much, hey, we're 19-2, we're going for our 20th win. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. You know, we've, we have had, you know, those close games obviously give us still a lot of things that we can kind of point out and that we need to work on. Um, you know, how we've pulled out those games. I think, you know, it, it's really in our team's kind of DNA to, to finish games strong and, and kind of really step up when when we need to. So, um, but yeah, you know, you're exactly right as far as, you know, no, no one's kind of walking around with their chest out because we're, we're trying to keep, keep our heads down and working and knowing that, like, you know, we're not being beaten. We're not the dream team out here beating everyone by 20, 30 points, um, you know, which is which is good. Lindy LaRock with us. 2 o'clock start Saturday. Lady Rebels hosting the Wolfpack. Uh, because of the injury to Obi Izor, it means a lot of sophomores have had to step up. I look out on the floor sometimes and I'm like, man, this this the uh, cupboard is stocked with sophomores. And I wanted to mention one moment because I want to talk about both of the Colorado State games, your, you know, your primary top competition in the conference. I, sometimes I think we take for granted you know, clutch moments. And Alyssa Brown, and I think if I'm remembering this correctly, I, was there one-tenth? of a second left on the clock when she had to go to the line with that late foul in the home game and make both free throws? Yeah, it was one or, or two-tenths. I mean, it was yeah. it was hardly any time left. <laughs> so, clutch on that, and I think they're all playing, you know, beyond their years and experience. And then i got to tell you, some of the adjustments you made, you can explain them uh, in the game at Colorado State because McKenna Hofshield is ridiculous as a scorer. She is impossible to stay in front of. She turns the corner. And what I notice, and maybe, I, maybe I'm misreading this, but what I notice is you, you guys really did a good job of getting the ball out of her hands with pressure. And I don't think CSU adjusted in trying to get it back to her, but from 37 points down to 17, uh, massive adjustments in execution by you guys. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, obviously we uh, weren't thrilled with letting her score so many points in that first game, you know, because she is a really dynamic, phenomenal player. Um, you know, so we knew we were going to shift our game plan. And, um, you know, a little bit of it, obviously, is if she doesn't have the ball, she can't score. Um, or if we make her do something else, you know, 
she is, you know, so so prolific scoring, but really she wants to get to the basket. So, I mean, to be honest, the majority of our adjustment was we played a lot of zone um, because if you're in a zone, you know, she can't she can't just beat a one-on-one defender. Right. Um, and when we weren't in a zone, we were we were kind of playing some heavier help side and, and making other other players make plays and. You know, for them, those kids aren't necessarily maybe used to that. So, you know, we were going to live and die kind of by, you know, someone else beating us and and not and not her. So, again, you know, I, I it made us look good in, in that in that game. You know, if we play them again, and hopefully, you know, hopefully we do some somewhere in the tournament, then we're going to have to continue to adjust because I'm sure they're going to adjust as well. Remind me if the 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 first Colorado State game was that a game that Essence Booker didn't start? Am I correct on that? Yes. Okay, and I remember I remember talking to you for a second. I was like, "Why is she not starting?" And you gave me a very short answer, like, "Cause she's not." Um, something like that. Uh, you know, co- oh no, it was coach's decision. She has reemerged. Yeah. She has reemerged in the second half of the season. What do you point to that has kind of got her back in the right direction? You know, I think it's a little bit of everything. Um, her teammates, you know, kind of continuing to encourage her. You know, um, I love Essence to death, and I've had to show her a little bit of tough love there, um, and she took it. Um, she's a great young woman, uh, a great basketball player, and, and she wants to be really good. Um, you know, and then it's just shifting some focus. You know, she's she's a leader. She's, you know, a lot of ways like maybe the face of our program with Desi, um, and she wears that, which can be – you know, a really heavy burden, and you know, I, I try to like relieve that pressure and that stress of her. It's it's not on her to to uh, you know win us the games. It's on her to you know do what I'm asking her to do and, and what her teammates need. And so, just shifting some of that mindset and some of that focus, I think, has really just freed her up to to not be kind of so bogged down. And then you can see, like, when she plays like that, you know, she's really hard to stop. UNLV women's uh, basketball team is unbeaten in the Mountain West Conference, going for its 20th win on Saturday against the Wolfpack. They're in town. Lots of cool specials for the game. $2 beers, 2,500 T-shirts are being given away, and we're talking to Linda LaRock, the head coach of the squad. We played some audio coming in. Um, Essence had talked to 8 News Now earlier in the week and um, kind of you know, lit a fire under the rest of the UNLV community. You know, It was a conversation about getting more fans out. Were you comfortable with that? What do you think of what she said about, hey, let's all support each other in athletics and have some of the other athletes come out to the women's games? Sure. You know, I'm always going to have the back of our players. And, you know, I mean, what what, what she said, she's not wrong. We, we have great support from the people that are there. You know, um, our locker room is right next to the volleyball team. They're always there. We have diehard fans, you know, similar to the men. Um, but we, we always want more fans. You know, who doesn't? And, you know, we feel like we've been playing well. Um, you know, and, and she's got a point of like, you know, this is something that you, you want to be a part of. And so, again, we're thankful for the fans that we have. And we were always in, encouraged and, and want to encourage more more people to kind of come out and see us because I truly do believe, like, if you come to one game, it's going to be hard to not come back to another because it's a fun atmosphere. It's a fun team. They're fun to watch. Um, and, and, they, and we play well together. Yeah, and I always tell people when I when I talk about someone like Desiree Young, you guys play great defense. You're up and down. You uh, put pressure on people. But as a post player, um, she is really entertaining because she's almost kind of scared to the opposition because she's mm-hmm. got the knee pads and she's willing to throw herself on the floor. Like no no one plays harder and sacrifices more than Desiree at times. 
Absolutely. I mean, she's all passion, all energy, all of the time. And, you know, to have that even at her position, the post position, she's athletic, she's mobile. Um, I mean, her shot is even getting really, really good. So um, she's just really dynamic and, and fun to watch. Like you said, she she gets excited for, for passion plays. Uh, she gets excited for her teammates. She takes charges, you know. So, again, I mean, it, it'd be hard to, like, watch her and be like, oh, no, I didn't enjoy that. Coach, you're awesome. Congrats on the success. Keep it rolling, and we'll see you out there on Saturday, okay? All right. I appreciate you guys. Looking forward to Saturday with a great sellout crowd. There you go. Lindy LaRock, one of the best coaches at the school, going for 20-2 and two on Saturday, 2 o'clock start, packing town to take on the Lady Rebels. Thanks to Silver Sevens for housing the show today. We'll see you.